Hello and welcome to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and today I am joined by a very special guest, uh, Arthur. You're, it's your, I can't say the word author. King Arthur. We'll go with that. King Arthur is here. Um, all the way from Rivendell. That's not where he's from. We have uh, author, artist, and creator Ruben Pink. How's it going? I'm good. How you doing, Josh? Not bad at all. Um, so we're here to talk about, and we're going to talk about you. Uh, we're going to talk about you know, your career and everything like that. We're also going to talk about your webtoon, A Boy and His Ghost. Cool. Um, but Ruben, first off, I just want to say thanks for coming on. And have you been watching Raised by Wolves? I download or i subscribed to hbo max for raised by wolves like three days ago and then i started watching the um lovecraft show oh so nice. i haven't started raised by wolves yet i'm getting i'm working through lovecraft crunchy right now oh yeah i'm i lovecraft is is the next one because i was like i, I want to i didn't want to do multiple series at the same time so i think i'm gonna go raised by wolves and then once that's all done then i think i'll i think i'm gonna go into lovecraft county and go from or is it lovecraft county or lovecraft country i think it's country country yeah. okay then we'll then we're gonna go into lovecraft country oh man i've been i've been waiting for people to watch raised by wolves because i'm like i just want to talk about raised wolves with somebody oh, and I none of my friends are there. watching it and i'm just like uh but it's so good <laughs> i'll um, make it the next one on my list there we go we'll have you back on we'll do a whole uh raised by wolves episode <laughs> Um, so Ruben, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just tell, uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself. About myself. Okay. Well, I'm basically just like a Utah dad, you know, that makes comics and, and children's books in his spare time. And I've gotten lucky to, uh, be signed by Simon Schuster to put a few of those books on shelves and, uh, much to the chagrin of my agent who probably wants me to keep making children's books and thereby making money. Um, I've decided to spend some time making a webtoon, a webcomic instead, and I'm, I think I'm on uh, chapter 18, episode 18, and about 300 pages in, so there's quite a bit of story to chew on for any of your listeners who need something to read that's uh, cute and grim. Definitely, and what's what's great about that is, I mean, even though it's on webtoon, it's not like you can't always just turn that into a kid's book or a series of kid's books. Yeah, a lot of webtoons are a lot of white space and a lot of vertical scrolling and just squares here and there. So I kind of thought about that and, and formatted it so that I could easily transition it to a page or to a book format. Yeah. I noticed that about that because like, there's not a lot of webtoons that do like, they only do like the, the up and down panels, but you do like the sideways panels, like in like more of like the comic book form. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I see that. That's, that's good. It, may, it does make it feel more like a comic. And if it does go into print, then it, it'll be a nice, easy read. Yeah. It's dense for a webtoon, but it's probably the opposite for a book where you have more panels per page, at least side-by-side -side panels. Yeah. How, how many? Let's see. So it's about – so you've got 300 pages so far. If you were to mm -hmm. put that into like an actual like comic or like an actual like in like book form – like how how big do you think that would be i have to imagine an editor would take issue with the 300 pager i'm not brian bit, o'malley just, just so they wouldn't just do it if i wanted to so they'd probably force me to get down to about 250 somewhere around there well, i mean you also have enough content for a couple of them yeah yeah i've thought about that too i was gonna make uh my, my agent's been shopping it around a little bit for uh television or for a series and for a book mm. and we got some notes from one um, big publisher and I thought about, okay, well, I, I'm guessing if they have notes, they probably want to split it up a little bit because it does, it time jumps uh, pretty dramatically about seven chapters in. And I thought, okay, what would I do if I made it just like the first book is just them as kids, you know, cause it jumps five years in, mm -hmm. in, in episode seven. And I was like, well, I could make it about the murder mystery of Margaret and who killed Zoe and what happened to Henry and all these characters. And so I've given thought about to that too, but now it's to the point where there's like, I had 30,000 plus reading it on Insta. I've got a, a bazillion people reading it on Webtoon. And it's like, if I change it, do I offend this base of people that are invested? You know, I don't know. I, don't know I mean, I, I don't think so. Cause I mean, like there's enough change from like the, like the Instagram version to the, uh, to the webtoon version. Like there's like little bits. Uh, and I mean, as, if you're fleshing out story more, I'm, 
as someone who loves story, I don't think you're going to get any problem if you're fleshing out the story a little bit more or adding a little bit more to it. Now, if you were to start taking stuff out, then yeah, I, I could see like the readers having problems. But I mean, like if you add some more, you know, James and Zoe fluff and a little bit more of that murder mystery, then yeah, that would be, that would be really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that I get, you use the word fluff and it's I, I, right at the beginning, I put a story cute and grim because a lot of comments I got on Instagram were like, this used to be so wholesome and cute and I'm not complaining. It's really awesome. But like they used to just play Nintendo together and now they're fighting <laughs> demons. And I'm like, at what point did it get darker than chapter two where a little girl gets, you know, killed? So yeah, that's the darkest thing I did. And exactly. after that, it's all, yeah, it gets kind of crazy, but it's not darker than that. Yeah, like I, I was rereading um, before before we uh, before we started, and uh, like this weekend, I was just like, I'm going to reread it, and so I'm rereading it. And I'm like, oh yeah, he sets the tone really early that this lady like offed her and yeah. then ran on. Yeah, so it's like, hmm, maybe we. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely it, it, it was really funny because like I was rereading, it, and I was like, oh yeah, that did happen this does get dark really quickly. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, there, there's enough fluff in there to where it makes it nice. And yeah, there's some wholesome stuff. Fluff. There's love. There's all, there's all kinds of loves, parental love. There's, you know, romantic love, friendship love. But what's funny is this story started with a sketch. It was just like in the first chapter, I have James walking up some stairs and then under the floorboards, you see Zoe kind of floating and singing. And that was the first sketch I, I kind of drew. And I used to, I put it in my portfolio and I take it around to conferences and stuff. And every time somebody saw it, it was like a microcosm of everybody's reaction now to the whole story arc. They would look at it and go, Oh, that's cute. And then just like a second later, it would dawn on them. Wait a minute. What happened to that little girl? <laughs> like, yeah. There's something dark here too. You know, it's kind of funny. I captured the whole feeling of the, of the story in that one image. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's really cute. Wait a second. Why is there a skeleton on the floorboards? Yep. <laughs> Something sinister. This isn't Harry Potter. That's right. Something didn't end well. Um, so like, so in uh, a boy and his ghost, uh, you make a lot of references like star Trek and video games, like Mario Zelda, like ghostbusters. Was that something like, were those some of the things that you were into as a kid? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm an eighties kid. Um, I was born in 79, giving away my age. I'm 40, old dad man. But just, I, James is my age in the book. And the story takes place, I think, from 1988 to 93, somewhere in there. And yeah, so I just I think, think he, back, goes, he goes missing in 89. And so, yeah. like, they have at least a Christmas together. So it's at least 88, yeah. Which is a yep. great year, 1988. It was the year I was born. So was it? It's a fantastic year for everything. Good vintage right there. But yeah, um, I just think back about all this stuff I loved and just obsessed about as a kid, you know, Nintendo and Star Wars, Star Trek, Monty Python. I've got all kinds of references in there. Mm -hmm. I might have snuck in a Princess Bride in these last chapters, but, you know, that's how I talked to my friends as a kid. We were always quoting movies at each other, and I figured these kids would too. Yeah, I mean, there there is something like reading it, I was like, oh man, so many good references in this. Cause it's it's very it's very reference heavy. Like especially there there was one I think where you referenced an episode of Star Trek that I didn't get, and as a Star Trek fan, it was like bothering me. I was like, he made. I'm a trying Star to think Trek of reference. which one you're talking about. I I'd, I'd have to look for it, but yeah, there was like a reference, and I was like, mm, I should know this. There was. I can't say I'm a super you know big Trekkie. But I did grow up around some um, – I lived in Monterey, California for a while, and the only kids I really knew around my area were these Trekkie surfers, and they were, like, deep Trekkies. Like, they knew Kirk's locker number and all kinds of stuff, all kinds of trivia campouts and stuff we did together. So maybe it kind of seeped into my brain a little bit. Trekkie surfers seems like the biggest craziness that one would think. <laughs> it was it was a fun time man like when you were if you were to been like yeah there were these like trekkie kids in the chess club that makes more sense than like trekkie surfers yeah it was a strange dichotomy you think those two you know forces would oppose each other but they were neat uh, so uh so big fan of like you know star wars stuff like that so 
here we go. Uh, you didn't think you'd be talking about this. Um, top three favorite movies. Oh gosh, yeah, I'm gonna see? I'm gonna have to step out of the nerdhood a little bit. I'm you kind of a seasonal the, you guy. Can, you can stay in the nerdhood. It's all good. It's my all movie good in love hood, is man. is like is like seasonal. Like in the winter, I like cocoa, but I don't drink cocoa all year, you know. So like in the winter, I'm very Lord of the Rings. I have to watch that every December. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the classic. It's a Wonderful Life. I think that's one of the best movies ever. Just the structure of it, the way it plays out. Um, you know, all the classics, Elf, Home Alone, uh, Christmas Story. But then in the spring, I kind of get into like a Wes Anderson mood. Um, I like Royal Tenenbaums a lot. Mm-hmm. I really miss Gene Hackman being in things. <laughs> I really do. I didn't, I didn't realize it until I was watching it the other day. And he has this line and it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, but it's something like, I visited your mom. I saw your mom at the graveyard. Hell of a damn grave. Wish it was mine. And it's just like the older you get, the more resonance that line has. I just love it. And I miss Gene Hackman. But in the summer, I like the big tentpole things. I don't know. I guess three favorite movies, I would say, I guess I'll sample a little bit from each. I think all of Lord of the Rings, just one movie. Just put yeah, it all together. I, I, usually put, I usually put them all together. Because, I mean, like, no one's going to watch Fellowship of the Ring and be like, Done. Well, yep, I don't know how that. To, yeah. <laughs> and then in the Wes Anderson canon, I guess I would pick Royal Tenenbaums for Gene Hackman alone. And then I'm a big Ghibli fan. I love, 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 love everything Miyazaki's put his hands on. And I, I like Star Wars. I like those old classics, the original three. Mm-hmm. I got my kids hooked on them. Yeah, I think that's... Princess Bride might be the best movie, really. Ultimately, if I was to just pick the top tier, like I could just watch it anytime. If it's on, I can turn it on. I get a laugh out of it every time. It's very nostalgic for me. I think that's my wheelhouse right there. Wes Anderson, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Ghibli, and then the cherry on top is Princess Bride. Gotcha. Um, what what are some of like your your art references? Like, so like what's you know what kind of like helped uh, with your style? I don't know. I always get told what I, my stuff looks like. And, and then I go look it up. And I'm like, huh, yeah, it kind of does look like that. Like when I was younger, I had this really thick line style with thin lines in between. I don't do that anymore. I've deliberately kept a boy and his ghost very cartoony. And I think with season two, I'm going to kind of go more anime because they're going to be teenagers. I'm going to kind of change the style as they grow. But um, influences, maybe you know, 90s comic book guys like Jim Lee, mm-hmm. uh, Travis Charest. Um, I really liked Frank Miller's stuff. I shouldn't have been reading it as young as I was reading it, but I loved it. Um, a lot of anime I watched. I mean, my parents would have killed me if they knew I was watching, but I was like watching Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D and Akira. I'm like 11, 12 years Ninja old. Scroll. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff just kind of mixes up in your brain and whatever comes out. I don't know that it's intentional, but it happens. Oh man! Well, when we talked about movies, like what, what were some of your, you know, you know, you talked about comics and you talked, you know, some anime and stuff. Like, what were some of like your your favorite like TV shows or like animated things like growing up? TV shows. I or remember even now. Well, we'll put it in now. What what are, what are your favorite things then and now? So how then, much is, how much is you how much have you grown since the eighties and nineties? So when I was a kid, Dragon Ball, I, I adored it. It came on in such a man at such a time that right when it was over, I could walk out my house and get to the bus stop. It was just like, as soon as it was over, that was my cue. I had to walk out the door and it just worked. I watched it every day. And now I almost can't stand it. You look back at those episodes and it's just like 15 minutes of Goku charging up. Argh, argh, and you're just like, oh my gosh, how did I love this so much? Like you could super cut this down to like an hour long movie. And the they season. did, which is, which is crazy. Like they, they like probably maybe like five years ago, they went and took everything, took all the DBZ and just like cut out all the crap. And so like, uh, you remember Raditz? Like at the very beginning, how that was like ten episodes. It's like three now. Oh, nice. Because just, they just got rid of everything. Like Goku no longer charges a spirit bomb for three episodes and misses. He like charges it for like maybe fifteen minutes and misses. So it's it's really nice they got rid of a bunch of the crap. That sounds much more tolerable to my adult brain. 
Um, now, gosh, I watch a lot of stuff. I'm, I really, I wanted to be a detective when I was a kid, going back to surfy, Trekkie surfers. One of their dads was an FBI agent. And he told me all these stories about like manhunts he went on and stuff. And I just got enthralled and like, it was like true crime before that was a big thing. I was just always listening to this guy's stories. And Real quick, sorry, hold on. After a boy and his ghost, I need you to do a whole series about Trekkie surfers and just call it Trekkie surfers <laughs> and about this kid whose dad is an FBI agent. I need this story now because this is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. First off, Trekkie surfers. I want that on a shirt. And yeah. then I want to do a whole series about Trekkie surfers. And then like his dad's an FBI agent. What the heck, man? This is great. Like this is it was such a peculiar time. I was a military brat, so I just got exposed to so many different almost cultures. I know it's all in the United States, but Utah and California are very different places, especially in the eighties and nineties. And Texas is a way different place than either of those two and Oregon and all the different places I lived. But yeah, this detective gentleman, which I should put in the story, you're right. Maybe I'll put throw him into like a season two. Yeah, like boy and his just, ghost just, chapter. Just, yeah, just have like James and Zoe like walking down the beach and you just see the tricky surfers. <laughs> yeah. Like instead of like cool. Mahalo, it's like LLAP, you know? <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. That would be. But yeah, he he got me into going back to my my favorite series now. Um, I like crime stuff. I like Luther. I like Broadchurch. I like a lot oh, of those Broadchurch British exports. So I really loved, and this isn't crime related, but I adored um, The Detectorists. Have you seen that? No. Oh my gosh, it's so, uh, I, can, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like wholesome and exciting and it's about the most esoteric thing, which is metal detecting enthusiasts, you know? And like they have these little meetings in their town and there's like four of them there, but they're all so passionate about it. And it's just beautiful. The themes that recur through the, I think there's three seasons are wonderful. It's it's a treat. You should dig it. You should watch it. Uh, we've been watching like we. I have uh, one. One of our our guest hosts that is on quite regularly is uh, Jason Simpson. Uh, he lives up in uh, Vancouver. He's he's in the Dragon Prince and like uh, League of Legends and like uh, Arrow and all all kinds of Canadian stuff. And so like we you know just constantly chat and he's gotten me turned on to a lot of like Canadian TV and stuff. So like I watch letter Kenny now, um, which is amazing. Uh, Murdoch mysteries, which it's like, it's like it's based in Toronto in at like the turn of like the 19, like, like the end of the 1890s into the 1900s. And it is the most hilariously great thing that I've ever seen. Cause he's a detective and they work at the uh, constabulary instead of the police house because it's Canadian. Right. Um, and it's just, it's hilarious. Like, he invents all of these things. So, like, he's somehow, like, they invent uh, the, the microwave. But instead of it being, like, a microwave, it's a room in your house where you can cook potatoes faster. <laughs> so, he goes and he's like, it's it's just so stupid like he he invents the telescope uh he invents like the three-wheel bicycle he it, anything and everything it's the most canadian revisionist history i've ever seen he invents so it's like canadian everything. forrest gump but it's a detective exactly yes yeah. but it's like wholesome it's like none of the stuff is like super crazy uh it's not like ridiculous like law and order like yeah. there's always like a, we learned a something at the end of this episode and everyone's polite, even the bad guys. The bad guys are polite. Well, they're like, Canadian. Yeah, like everybody's there, like uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Winston Churchill, uh, anybody that you could, Sigmund Freud's in a few episodes. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is oh, in an wow. episode, and he's just a creeper man. And it's hilarious. Like it's, You sold me. I have to check it. You it, had me at detective, but. It's great. It's, oh, it's, it's amazing. I'll check it out. That sounds awesome. I think it's on Hulu cool. or Amazon. Hulu or Amazon, one of the two. I'll find it. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, so oh God, now I, I can't stop thinking about tricky surfers. Like you've, <laughs> you've ruined me. 
I'm going to be up all night thinking about Trekkie surfers. Yeah, I don't even remember a single one of their names. I just well, remember that's now you can their enthusiasm for Star Trek and surfing. Now you can give them just new names. Yeah. Give them all like Star Trek names. This is to Powell. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've shedded their, their earthly, uh, you know, Californian names to embrace the Star Trekness. This is Tiberius. Little red shirt, one of them. Oh my gosh, it's great. Just like, that's how you can tell. It's like their trunks. Like one of them's got red trunks. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's not going to make it. He gets caught in a riptide and it's over. Yeah. Um, so, so when did you start making comics? Oh, this comic in particular or just in general? Just, just in, you know, in general. Like, were you like, was there like one of those times where you were like maybe like eight or nine and you just started like jotting down comics, like making your own stuff? Yeah, I always was a narrative artist. I always had a story brewing in my head as I was drawing. And I remember taking an aptitude test like in ninth grade, 10th grade, somewhere around there where they start trying to tell yeah, you what you should be doing with your yes. life, you know. And I, I think I had some aptitudes in engineering and things like that. And I was, I remember telling my friends, like, I don't care what this test says. I'm, I'm making comics. Like that's what I'm doing. So I knew pretty early and now I have, I actually have a day job that I keep, you know, that support the family and stuff. And I can't stop making comics. I just, I have to do it. I don't know what it is. I can't do more than one at a time. I wish I could. That's kind of like, you sit on top of 10 ideas and you can only work on one at a time and it's kind of tragic, but. So what you, what you enjoy doing more? Like do you, do you enjoy doing more of like the webtoon stuff or like, like your Simon and Schulster stuff? Picture books are more manageable. That's what they call them in the industry. Like when I got a contract to make picture books, I called them children's books, which I think almost everybody in the world calls them children's books, mm -hmm. but in the industry, it's, it's a picture book. And I thought that sounds like a photography book to me, but. Yeah, it sounds like something you would find at like Barnes and Noble on clearance. Yeah. Of tables. Exactly. It's a very reductive uh, way of telling a story because you have 32 to 40 pages. There's industry standards and they're all divisible by eight, the number of pages. So it's 32, 40, 48. But that's kind of the range for a, for a children's book. And so it's manageable, but it's also like, okay, I'm a three-act guy. I like to have a beginning, middle, and end. I like to have a setup, a conflict, and a resolution. The classic storytelling structured tropes, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not a day-in-the-life guy, slice-of-life guy. I like to have – I like to be going somewhere with the story. I like conflict. I like doing things to my characters. Like in my last book, Samurai Scarecrow, I wanted to break the protagonist's ankle, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> they said, this is a, this is a children's book. Like I know, but my little brother got hit by this bike when I was a kid, and I could think I could make it resonate. I lost that battle editorially, but um, when you only have forty pages to get in a three-act story, and your words are sparse because it's for kids, yeah, and your pictures can't—it's not like paneled comic books, so you're not getting a lot of sequential art and action. It's—it's it's a strong, it's a difficult discipline to accomplish what you want to do in that limited space it's very very limited you don't have a lot of material to work with so that's how picture books are difficult but then graphic novels i feel like per drawing it's like the lowest paid thing you can do yeah. it's like so much drawing and so much art and so much constant work and if you have an ip that takes off and really makes it i guess it pays off in the end but it's like a it's a you have to love it it's it beats you up a little bit yeah, I love like, comics, though. I just adore them. Yeah, I mean, my my friend uh, Oliver, he reads this. Uh, I made a mistake years ago when I got him into anime, um, and yeah, now he's now that that's he loves it now. Um, so like, he reads this uh, this manga called Berserk, and it's been going for like since the eighties. Yeah, and there the artist puts so much detail in all of their stuff that it's like months between chapters oh, geez. like it'll be like six months like, so he'll send me a text message and it'll be like oh, new chapter this month and then it'll, it's just be like oh it got pushed back it's another four months yeah and it's just like good lord it's, that's a choice you have to make like a boy and his ghost is not as good as i can draw like I can, I can render very realistically and do some hyper realistic stuff, but 
if I did that for every page and every panel and just, you know, got that, uh, if I took the long road, I guess I'd have three chapters out right now, you know, instead of 18. 18 yeah. So you kind of have to operate in like a 60 to 75% range and be okay with it. You get used to it, but when you first start, you, there's some, like even now I can look at a page and be like, oh, I could have done that so much better. But I think it was Neil Gaiman who said, finish is better than perfect when, yeah. it, when it comes to writing. And that's kind of the ethos that you have to adopt if you're going to crank out comics. That makes sense. So, so you like comics, but like, so what, what, were, what are some of your favorite comics? Now? Or then? Um, back in the day, I was such a chump. <laughs> okay, so, you know, 80s kid. I was just like, oh my gosh, a foil cover with like embossed blood with real blood texture from image. And it's like, it's total garbage. The story is non-existent. The art is halfway done by an intern. Uh, you can look back at it now and see it for the garbage that it is, but it's an issue number one. And so I bought a lot of that just stuff you could turn into pulp right now and nobody would miss it. But when I was younger, I loved uh, Jim Lee's X-Men, Claremont. I think it was Claremont and Lee. They did that first run of um, the new X-Men series and I just adored that. I followed Lee to Image and, and followed his Wildcat stuff. And when they brought in Travis Cherry, I think that's how you say his name, Charest. Cheris. It's spelled Cheris, but I think it's Charest. And um, adored that. Now, I really like um, the new Batman stuff that Capolo did. I, I yeah. really like that. I'm reading, um, I'm a little late to the Frank Miller Superman year one with Ramita Jr. But I started that recently. And I really like a lot of like first, second they're a publisher a lot of their quirky graphic novels i like uh, three shadows is i adore that mm. um i can't remember if this is first second or not but i think it's called this is our pack that was adorable very miyazaki-ish but i don't know comics are in their golden era i think right now yeah between it's, the web and print yeah it's definitely i mean especially with the web like i wouldn't have thought in a million years even like 10 years ago that web comics would be where they're at it's just oh, like no. it feels like it's just exploded like in the last yeah. like maybe like four or five years it's just been like so many comics about anything and everything that you could ever possibly want yeah it's a deep well and all of them are all of us are experiencing the same grind it's kind of funny <laughs> to think there's so many people suffering for this medium out there oh man Okay, let's talk about A Boy and His Ghost. So what really brought about um, the idea for A Boy and His Ghost? Well, it was that sketch, and I sat on it for four years, and just seeing people's reactions when they looked at the sketch of him walking up these stairs, and there's this skeleton underneath and a ghost floating between the floorboards, and they're kind of separated spatially that way. And just seeing people's face look at it, smile at how charming the art style was, and then their face just kind of changes as they realize there's something sinister here. And so it just, it kept brewing like, you know, like a wine or something like a whiskey. It was just kind of sitting in the back of my head for a long time. And I was at a, at an SCBWI conference, the Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators in LA. And I didn't want to attend this talk. I wasn't interested in it. I think I had gone to a similar talk the year before. So I just sat out in the foyer and just started sketching more onto this because it was in my portfolio. I was like, I'm just going to just write a quick chapter. So that first chapter on Instagram I made on an airplane and in sitting in the foyer in LA. And I just really messy, didn't care about how finished it was, put it out on Instagram and just said, is this worth doing more of? And a lot of people are like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I want to, you know, I want to know more. What happened to the little girl? All these questions. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a second chapter. And then like my subscriber base just kept going up and up I was like all right I'm gonna keep feeding the beast and 24 you know 10 square chapters later I'd finished the Instagram version and and then I was at a point where my agent was pitching it around we had some interest and I thought before I have an editor telling me what to do I'm gonna really remaster this thing the way I want to make it first because once you get signed up for something then there's more cooks in the kitchen that's just how it is but that's just what I've chosen to do with the last two years of my life. And I'm sure my agent is wishing I would crank out some of those picture book ideas I've pitched to her, but I'm almost there. I'm almost done with season one. Then I'll take a break and make some picture books. And I mean, it's not like you can't make picture books about a boy and his ghost. 
right? Maybe not the living under the floorboards parts, but maybe. You know what it was originally? Originally, I remember I was kind of just workshopping it in my sketchbook and I have a few of like her chasing James with a big old cleaver or a kitchen knife, you know? And I was like, this could be a fun Tom and Jerry dynamic where she's dead. She's a ghost. She doesn't want him to grow up. So she goes around trying to lay every trap she can for this kid, you know? And so I was going to make it kind of like a three panel classic, you know, newspaper comic where she pulls some hijinks to to try and kill him. (laughs) Right. And then I thought, well, maybe death shows up at the end and she has a change of heart and she, you know, takes his place and goes with death and it's a happy ever after. And then from there it sort of sprung, well, maybe they could have a more complicated relationship than that. Maybe they could be friends. Maybe she doesn't want to kill him and it just became what it is. Yeah. Maybe they just want to sit and play Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Mario and green Mario. Luigi Mario. <laughs> Luigi Mario. I, I will say that we've been playing, uh, some of my friends that live, live or we've been playing, uh, it, it's been the only good thing that we've been able to do during quarantine is uh, they, they would come, they'll come over on Fridays and I'll either like make food or we'll like order something in. Um, and then we'll just play, we've been like destroying Mario on the Switch. So like he's all like, oh, my friend original? Gavin's always, uh, no, the, um, it's, Super Mario World something or other. One of the new ones for the Switch where they took like the one from like the Wii U and like turned it into like the Switch version. Oh, like, okay. Added extra stuff. So we've been like going through that and we finally beat the stupid thing. Um, got, getting all the stars and like all the coins and everything that we could possibly get in that game. But he was always Mario. She was always Toadette because she could become Princess Peach. Right. And then I was always the Ouija, but we were always calling him Green Mario. And so <laughs> I was ever like, it's me, Green Mario, here I come. <laughs> and just fun stuff like that. How are you going to keep that tradition going? I mean, you can't just beat the game and stop having that ritual, you know? Uh, we've been watching stuff now. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, I think The Godfather is, because I've never seen it. Um, and so I think we're doing The Godfather Part 1 this week and then next week it's part two and then i don't think they're gonna make me watch three i wouldn't recommend it's it. terrible no so, uh, i had read somewhere i think coppola is gonna like remaster it recut it so that it's you know fits in with the other two a little better the copa cut yeah they should call it the copa cut they have to I mean, it sounds too good it sounds so good um yeah like yeah stuff like that like, I, I liked so like yeah when they started playing and you did the you know Wait, so it's the Mario Brothers. So his name Mario Mario? Be like, yeah. It's always a question yeah. out there. So so you, you started doing this like at an airport, you know, and then like in, in the lobby of a conference. When did you really know? Like, so you finished it on Instagram and then you started putting it out on Webtoon. When did it really start clicking that, okay, yeah, this is going to be a lot bigger than I, I thought it was going to be? I think when I did Henry's chapter, which might be chapter 13 on the Instagram, that was supposed to be like chapter eight or nine, just kind of where you learn. Cause, okay. So this girl, she's underneath the floorboards. What happened to her dad? He went on a business trip. He never came back. So when I went back to that and kind of fleshed out who Henry was and what he became, I sat on that for like four chapters and just thought, is it too over the top? Is it too crazy to do this thing? And then I finally just made it because it, it wouldn't go away. And it became like the most popular uh, chapter. It still is on the Instagram. It's just like crazy, just tens of thousands of likes. And I was just like, wow. Okay, so that resonated. And I thought there's something here between, you know, Henry and, and Zoe. And I think once I knew it was bigger than James and Zoe, I was like, this could be really big and really cool. Yeah. It's chapter 10. Is it? Yeah titled oh by the way oh yes in on webtoon it's chapter 10 i bumped it up i think on insta it's a little later but yeah that was definitely a didn't really see that coming type of like i know i didn't i didn't see uh let's go spoilers for a boy and his ghost definitely go read it on webtoon um but yeah so if you haven't read it 
pause now or earmuffs. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see, you know, death being, being Henry or the Grim Reaper being Henry at all. Like that got me. And I was like, Oh, it just added like an extra layer to this onion. And I thought it was very well done. So congrats there. Well, thank you. That seems to be a lot of people's favorite chapter, even though it's kind of sad, kind of murdery, but I, I did, I did myself a favor, like by putting a crack in death's head from the beginning. And I thought, okay, how did that get there? I don't know. I'll figure it out later. And once I decided on the Henry arc, you know, it just became obvious. Oh, that's how he got that crack between his eyes. And I don't know. I just love death. He's my favorite character. I think he's the most like me. He kind of channels a lot of my dad thoughts. You know, you're always kind of, I don't know, maybe you don't know, but I'm not always a dad of, yet. One day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. And it probably drives my kids nuts, but I'm always kind of not lecturing, but counseling them. It's like, you can't, you can't miss an opportunity if there's something that's poignant in any type of activity we're doing. You have to point it out and like, well, this is why you blah, 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 blah. And so that's kind of what death is. He's a, he's a dad character. He's the oh, dad death. Definitely. Um, now you did do a, a five-year time skip. Why, why we, why, why do a time skip and not just keep it in this, that same, you know, James gets there and he's, tries to get Zoe like right from the bat and we just go from there. I have some lost chapters where I kind of explored that showed James kind of just getting attacked right away by some evil demon dogs and stuff. And I thought, I don't know if I want to be, want them to be young. I kind of want, I, I really like that moment in Castaway where you go from um, chubby FedEx employee, Tom Hanks to standing on the rocks spearing fish and he's really svelte and lean and got his beard. And it's just like, that's a beautiful cinematic moment. And so I kind of wanted to capture that moment. I wanted to, to speed it up a little bit and I didn't think it mattered. Um, the five-year thing, I didn't think anything that happened in between was terribly dramatic enough to warrant me exploring it. So I skipped ahead ten, five years and thought, okay, now I can explore a different aspect of Zoe and James's relationship. It can be more romantic because they're teenagers. Yeah. When you're kids, you don't really have that mindset. You know, you're not thinking about that when you're playing Nintendo with your neighbor at nine years old or whatever. But you start getting to 14, 15, you know, the dynamic changes. So I wanted to put it into that kind of spot. I mean, you, you skipped them straight up to Jurassic Park. So, I mean, like, you'll get no complaints from me. <laughs> like... I would I would not be sad if the first movie I saw after coming back from weird hellscape place was Jurassic Park. Be like, I'm excited to try and work in like all the stuff he missed. Like he gets to discover Nirvana and the Super Nintendo and Jurassic, everything cool that came out in the early 90s. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the characters. Like we have James and uh, Zoe. So James and Zoe are two main characters. Zoe, ghost girl. James, boy boy. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got uh, James's mom, uh, Zoe's dad, who we later find out is the Grim Reaper. I guess you can take your earmuffs off now. It's weird. Like when you tell kid, like when you when you're like earmuffs, and then you forgot to tell them earmuffs or if you say you can take your earmuffs out and you're like they can't hear me because if they're if they're really using earmuffs they won't ever know that's you true just keep them on forever it's a good test you should just do it immediately earmuffs okay take it away and if they take it away they were not doing exactly earmuffs. there you go i don't have kids you should try it on yours See I would, if, well if they're, they're teenagers listening. now so i mean maybe give it a shot what are they gonna do I'll try it. Just see. They always just, have headphones in, and they're ignoring me anyway. Yeah, so just I'd, be like, "Hey, kids, earmuffs!" And just like look at, like, watch them, like look at you. Like, what are you talking about? They'll pull out their headphones, like what? Um, and then we've got our main antagonist of the series, Mr. Abaddon. Oh yes, as a cool fairy man. Cool, maybe not so much. Man, maybe not so much either. Yeah, he's diabolical. Um. So, so we've got James and Zoe, like. How did you kind of like decide on, I mean, obviously it was the original sketch, which, but you could have changed it whenever you wanted. Like, how did you really think about the, you know, the design for James and Zoe? 
the design uh, is kind of an evolution. If I showed you that original sketch, it would not, it looked almost like the, um, if you've ever played Fallout or seen Fallout art, mm -hmm. the Pip-Boy kind of old 50s, oh, okay. you know, just kind of, it looks like a 50s gas station attendant boy, you know. He kind of had that old look and I thought, I don't know if this is the right way to go. So I worked on it and kind of folded in some more cartoonish elements, American cartoons, uh, Japanese anime, and arrived at what it became. And once I felt like it was consistent, I started just cranking it out. But even if you look back at the Instagram, like at first his hair is kind of light blonde and then it's kind of brown and then it's kind of really dark. And I hadn't decided on anything yet. So it's much more stable uh, design-wise in the book. And I just, I kind of did myself a disservice because to be honest or to be candid, Zoe's color is does not print very well. In RGB space, you can do some really cool greens and some really cool blues that you just cannot recreate on paper. And so if I change the profile from RGB to CMYK in Photoshop or something, she becomes a very dull, almost imperceptible bluish green. It doesn't look as good. So I might have to adjust that if it ever does go to print. But as long as I can use RGB, I'm going to pick some cool, you know, colors that you don't see in print. That's why I picked that color for Zoe. Surely there's got to be some way that you could use the RGB in like print now. I mean, it's yeah, 20, I, it's almost 2021. Surely someone's got something out there, like a special printer or something. My neighbor, Tom, actually runs a print shop and he makes a lot of like, when Ghibli re-released all their movies or Ghibli, I say that wrong all the time, but when Ghibli re-released all their movies last summer or whenever, um, he did a lot of the standees that go in theaters and stuff. And oh, nice. They're always cranking out materials he knows stuff about star wars before anyone else and he's signing ndas you know but he told me there's like six color printers where you can okay so you have your c your m your y your k and then you can take a custom color and slot that in and then that you know becomes like coca-cola has their own red and it's called coca-cola red and that's what everyone in the advertising uses this coca-cola red for coca-cola products and it's slotted into that fifth or sixth color channel and so he said he might be able to reproduce it, but it would take some experimentation, which, you know, on the back end for a publisher, they'd have to commit to it. Yeah. And then do they stay committed to it when it's in its 10th edition? Or do they just say, oh, I'll just do CMYK and crank it out? Yeah. And then it loses its luster, you know, so. Oh, man. That kind of stinks. Yeah. But it's beautiful uh, on the web. Go look at it. Go yeah, read it. well, I mean, hey, if you decide if you're like, you know what, we're going to do a uh like a kickstarter and indiegogo for like the first series and then they're going to get those nice vibrant colors like the one you want and then like the ones that go to like print like everything else they'll be like the different colors yeah there you, there go. you go that way you could be like we we that way we know we have x amount of these to say we have like two thousand copies of this one and then everything else will be in the new the there new you version. go that's my plan now there thank you, go. you. Yeah, no worries. I'll take uh, 1% of sales. Uh, you got it. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I'll take 1% of sales. I'm just kidding. I'll put you uh, on there. <laughs> um, so with so with Zoe and, uh, and James and, and Henry and Abaddon, who's been one of your favorite uh, people to write for or characters to write for? I think my favorite to write he doesn't show up often, but I'm planning, I'm going to try something big with him. It's James's dad. He's kind of the subtext of the whole story. If, if you're an astute reader, you've noticed like every time James make a big, dumb, brave decision, he has a little flashback to his dad. And it's like something he shouldn't remember, like him as a baby getting his teddy bear. And so I, I kind of want to spoiler alert again, you know, future spoiler, unpublished spoiler. I kind of want to, convey the idea that okay on its surface a boy and his ghost is about james and zoe but if you're reading and you're seeing all the big actions james takes you start to realize his dad's been there all along and that's really kind of his ghost is his dad in the just kind of shadowing him the whole time i've been very deliberate with the webtoon version too before he makes a big decision or he stands back up and fights the grim lords he has this little dad moment and it's kind of his dad trying to inspire him trying to to be what he would be if he was still alive. Oh man, that's good. 
We'll see uh, if I can pull it off. I might, I might land on my face when I try to put it in story, but that's what I'm aiming for. I mean, I like that. It, it gives it a, you know, some more context and a little bit more, you know, depth and world building there. I like that. Uh, is there any, any other, uh, you know, special little treats like that that you're want, or, or has there been something that you wanted to include that you've just decided, you know what, this may muddle a little bit. We're going to, you know, put that off for now, maybe season two. Has there been stuff like that? Yeah, there's so much stuff, especially with Instagram. Cause I had 10 squares. I was killing darlings left and right. As Hemingway said, kill your darlings. It was like, I, I couldn't help but come up with like 20 squares worth of material every time I tried to write a chapter. So I was just chopping stuff out all the time. And I've put some of it back in. Um, I'd like to explore Shrew, Shrew's motivations a little bit more. And I, I'm still trying to decide what to do with him as we reach the end game of this first season. But I think I've gotten a lot of it into this longer format on Webtoon, all the stuff that I... I missed out on the first time around. Like Abaddon's whole backstory is not in the Instagram version at all. You never go to the Fey realm. You never see, you know, why he got cast out and got cast into the dark. And yeah, and, and we're so, not really in the Fey realm that that much either. We get just like, yeah, just a little taste, a few panels, and then there was a director. I don't know. I'm not really in the industry. Like you're in the heart of it, and you're always interviewing people that are in the industry. So I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about, but I've talked to this director and he was saying for a series as an engine, an episode engine, it would be fun to explore those realms after you get past like the, the basic story of a boy and his ghost. And so, Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of those, like they, they do that a lot in like the animation now and even in just like live action stuff where they'll do like, we'll introduce Abaddon and everything like that. And then we'll maybe do like, a whole episode that's just backstory or maybe two episodes that we have our beginning backstory with Abaddon and then the second episode is the fall so you would get like his like build up backstory to where he, how he's become because what is he he's like really high in the fey realm isn't he yeah he's one of the seven lords that created the fey realm so he's 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 up there it was a big deal for him to get cast out and and that's yeah. why he's so ambitious and wants to get back on top. Yeah, you could you could have a whole thing was like the, the creation of the Fey Realm and like what they've done. And then in that second episode, that's when you have, oh, here's where everything starts to go wrong. He starts experimenting and then the cast out. Yeah. And then for the then you can bring him back. Like the end of that episode, then it's back to the real world and or our current timeline for like two or three minutes, and then it's like I will crush you type of whatever and yeah see we just need to bring you in to consult on everything because all your ideas are gold to me i'm just nodding my head over here like yeah that's what we should do well i I watch a lot of stuff (laughs) like i watch a lot of stuff like too much stuff one would say but i do um i mean it's also fun to do like stuff at the beginning of an episode like you would have like a nice flashback sequence at the beginning of an episode um like right before your credits roll yeah like like a three to four minute scene and then you'd be like a boy and his ghost like or whatever you decide to do for like your credit intro and then head off into the series yeah that would be dreamy i would i was talking to that director and i was like my agent told me studio Leica only makes one thing at a time that's like their thing they focus on one thing and the whole studio makes that one thing and they don't make any other things until they're done with that one thing so i was like I naively said, just go get Studio Leica. Let's crank out 10 episodes on Netflix and get it going. Because he was he had a claymation or uh, stop-motion animation background where he'd won an award for a film he had done. And he was describing how Abaddon's flesh would ripple with clay. And I was just like, oh, dude, you've sold me. Just like you're selling me now on all your ideas. Maybe I'm easily you know, convinced of people's ideas, but... Ah, that would be a dream come true to see that rendered in clay, like a glowing lump of clay for Zoe would just be beautiful. That would be that would be funny. I mean, not funny. That would be really be really cool. But it would be kind of funny too, just like almost like you could Lego movie it too. Oh yeah, (laughs) just like it's a ball of clay. Like when you said that, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Was like, it's just like a blue ball of clay, just like floating around, and you can see the fishing line. 
now so somebody sad. making <laughs> puppets with like paper and they were animated they were animated scenes and i was just like is this the next thing i don't know dude that's cool there are so many things right now i mean like there's there's stuff that i wouldn't have ever would have thought would have been uh big i mean if, go back to south park it's little paper it's called it's construction paper yeah it's like you could do anything that you wanted to do and even now like there's still be stuff that'll be like on adult swim and it's just like drawn and i'm just like this looks like a five-year-old did it and but it's brilliant <laughs> it's, it's great it is, it's got good writing but like the art style is just like yeah, seriously a five-year-old did this yeah and then but it's like yeah but they sold it you didn't josh and i'm like right. yeah it's fair it's fair um yeah eh, yeah i i definitely say i i think you know if you and if you decide to do like a book like that even having just like supplemental episodes where you know you do delve more into like the backstory and everything i definitely think those are great because i mean everybody loves backstory i don't think there's ever been someone who's like i don't want to know more about these characters like yeah. I, who who would have done that i mean look at star wars they did three whole movies That's about true. the background of characters yeah i have this chapter with ubo and how she found james down in the dark spoiler earmuffs and they've still I, got them on <laughs> they never yeah. took them off no one's where listening anymore it. no one's listening anymore because we said earmuffs and everybody it's just you and me right now oh well that's good i can be candid yeah i don't you you make things sometimes and you just don't know where to put them in the flow of the story or like if i because you're taking people's time and attention away from an arc mm-hmm. and it has to pay off somewhere it can't just be a total aside it has to fold back into the story and i've never been able to tell that and fold it back in but if i can figure it out in the next two chapters i'll i'll put that in paper I'll put that on the screen. I was going to say paper, but well, it's not paper. you could always, um, you know, after season one. So after you're finished with season one, and any of the extra ideas that you have, just make them like the lost tales. Yeah, or I could do tales that. from what? What? Uh, sorry, what do you call like the the beneath world? I call it the Earth Maw, but they call it the dark in the world. There you go. Tales from the dark. Yeah. Or that might be something already. <laughs> yeah. I, after Copyrights. I said, it, I was like, wait a sec, hold on. Um, yeah. Some, you know, yeah, make something like that. Tales from the earth mall. Even I don't think, I don't, I think you can do that one or, you know, just like stories from the dark or scary yeah, stories from the, maybe not um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, can't use that. Um, but yeah, just do something like that. Cause then you can, uh, you're also n- in between seasons one and two that's still content that you're putting out. So it's still keeping the readers getting something. Yeah, that's true. And, and you're not having to tell, you know, a full 30 year story or anything like that. You could do like two chapter, you know, just little like monster of the week stories or anything like that. Something that you could do. It gives me that creative catharsis to put out things that I couldn't fit into the, the main narrative. Exactly. And you know, if you're working on a picture book and you're like, man, I need just like a, little bit of a little bit of a break on i don't know uh candy mountain scarecrow <laughs> part three i don't know uh you could just be like all right here's a little thing with a boy and his beast and uh, a boy and his beast a boy and his ghost that's a makoto shinkai film uh usually here's a boy and his ghost and you know you do a little thing and there you go exactly pop see? that on webtoon and there you go easy peasy see you've as convinced your, me as of like editor, 20 things as your editor you're very hands off editor and Kickstarter advisor and producer uh, and producer. I these are the things that I I want you to do. All right, you got by it. next week. So you got to get on it. <laughs> um. So man, what what do you want people to take away from a boy and his ghost? You know, you don't find the theme sometimes till you get to the end of something. But I've I've reflected on the story. I think it's just about relationships that endure and like the price of keeping a relationship alive as a military brat i said goodbye to so many people and i miss a lot of those people i made um james's dad a member of the navajo nation because my two best friends for a long time were navajo boys in provo utah and i can't find them on facebook i've lost total touch with them and and so i guess that's just kind of in the back of my head is what would you pay to keep some of those relationships and to 
to still be in touch with some of those people you miss from your youth. And so that, that's really the theme of the story. If you think about every character other than Abaddon, they're all paying some heavy price to keep a relationship alive. Like James's mom won't change her name. She still lives in the same house. She's been married, but she's still Kate Thomas because she doesn't want her son to not be able to find her. And James followed his friend into a tree and ended up in hell, you know? And I mean, look at like death. Like most kids follow their friends into trees. I think if there was any time I would follow a ghost into a tree, I would have been nine years old because I was just impervious to pain and logic when I was nine years old. I would jump off roofs and out of trees. I was just a hellion, but. I mean, they do it in Stranger, thing, Stranger Things too, so. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it resonates trees. with me. I'm like, I would have done it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I've. Man, I, it's it's just a really good story, and I'm I'm very happy that you know you know you do want to do a season two because yeah we're at the uh, probably third to last episode uh, by the time we're recording this. Um, hopefully, uh, as your editor, I would like the series to be done by the time this episode comes <laughs> out. But you know things happen. You know the world is is crazy right now. Um, but oh, yeah, it could be so much crazier come November. It oh boy. We'll go away from that. That'll be <laughs> off-topic questions. That, oh man, that that should be. That's what we would do if we if we had a Patreon. That would be the Patreon content where it's like we talk all nice and happy in the show, and then like after the show, then it's like the world's going to end. Josh Kane after hours. Oh yeah, Joshy after dark. I love it. I want that now. Do people call you Joshy? Uh, and it was it was in elementary school and high school that was because I went to I, I grew up in Shawnee Oklahoma which is a you know kind of a small town and I went to a private school pre K through twelve so it was the same kids I grew up with wow so the same kids that I knew in kindergarten that I graduated my graduating class had nine so it, we that were, is a tight circle man yeah we were a very tight knit group um. None of us ever dated anybody because, again, it was like dating your brother or sister because yeah. it's like, can't do it. I've literally grown up with you. There's nothing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we've – so, yeah, there was – everybody always had different names. Like my best friend, uh, Oliver, he's, uh, he's Native American. He's uh, Henry Oliver Tenedo Aware, and he's always, to me, and will always be Ollie, just will always be Ollie because that's what I grew up with him as. Yeah. Um, and like now he goes by Henry because he's a doctor of mechanical engineering now. So now he is Henry Ware. But now I'm, I'll like, I'll like text and be like, yeah, what's up, Ollie? You know? <laughs> or whenever he's on the podcast, he'd be like, it's just, it's just Ollie. Like he'll that's, always be Ollie to me. That's kind of cool though, that you kept that friendship and that you had that long arc from kindergarten to 12th, all the way to 12th, you say. All the way to 12th. Yeah. And everybody else they kind of like went off by the wayside um because like we were like I, I as i i think we were the only two that have left oklahoma everybody else and the majority of them are still in shawnee because it's, it's it's shawnee is a place where you grow up and you die there it's basically really? it um, small town huh it's very yeah pretty small um it's right before you get to oklahoma city and I don't know about you, but like when, when you went into Salt like when you guys, you, you were, you're 20 minutes uh, north of uh, Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. Mm -hmm. So when you call, like, did you say like we're going into Salt Lake or is like, or are we going into the city? Everyone says we're going to town. That's kind to of the colloquial, colloquial term in Utah. We're going to town. Oh, nice. See, like ours was like, since we're a, a wonderful state that named our capital after the state, uh, <laughs> it's like us in New York, you know? cool places <laughs> i guess vancouver has an island in vancouver named vancouver island yeah, or like in, in uh british columbia which is weird um but yeah so ours was always we're going to the city um you know almost like san francisco like the city yeah make it all fancy we're going to the wharf oh yeah and then there's like i guess if you're in boston you go to the harbor the habit. Uh, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know what we're talking about here. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I would like, I like that you're doing a season two. That that makes me very excited. Um, just because like I, I've, 
really fell in love with these these characters. Like when I, I think I sent you or I messaged you the night that I like discovered a boy and his ghost. Oh wow! So I mean, and it, I'm thankfully for me, it's not been that long. So, cause like I was, it was one of those, like, I was like scrolling through webtoon. I was caught up on all my stuff and I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I need to find something else to read. And I just happened to see a boy and his ghost. I was like, oh, that art looks really cute. Cause that's one thing about me. Like I'm a story guy and I'm an art guy. Like if yeah. I don't like the art, I'm not going to even attempt it. But if the art looks cute, I'll give it a shot. And then if the story's there, then I'll stay. And yours, the, the art was cute. The story was cute, especially from that first episode when you're like, oh, this little dead girls in the floorboards mm-hmm. what the heck's going on here um yeah i was just like perfect i'm already hooked so like i basically binged the entire or what you had out uh and then i sent you that message and i was like yeah i want you to be on the show this is really fun was, i like the nice. series. <laughs> i'm glad you found it then ah definitely and uh hopefully uh we'll have you know we'll send a lot more people over to webtoon because we're gonna put uh, a boy and his ghost in the show notes um, that way you can go and click on it and read it all. And again, hopefully it's all done. If not, you get to wait like the rest of us. <laughs> I'll commit to it, Editor Josh. Thanks. It shall be done. It. That's all I can ask. Uh, so, Ruben, where can everybody find you social media-wise? Uh, social media, I mostly hang out on Twitter Thursday nights. I'm actually skipping a kid-lit art chat to talk to you, to you fine sir. And Sorry, so kids. I hang out on Twitter and I talk to a lot of my peers in the picture book world uh, through the kid lit art hashtag, but I'm not really active anywhere, but on webtoon and, and sometimes Instagram, but I'm Ruben pink P I N G K uh, pink with jazz hands. There's I love a that. Bit of a pink with jazz hands. We talked about that before the, before the episode started. It's like, I, cause I was like, I want to make sure I pronounce this right. He's like, it's pink with jazz hands. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Just put a little oomph on it. Pink. And uh, so I'm Ruben pink everywhere. Um, you can find me. I ain't hard to find. <laughs> nice. Um, so what are these? And yeah, well, like I said, we'll put, you know, the show notes. Uh, we'll have uh, all of Ruben's uh, social media handles. So you can just click on those and it'll take you straight there. So what exactly do you do with the, with the Kindling Argus? Like I do see, you know, like every Thursday, um, you'll, you'll be posting like a whole bunch of posts uh, in there on Twitter. So we have kind of like little mini industry discussions for kid-led art. And we try and build it around a theme this this week's theme is um, it's never too late to start a journey, which is basically about beginnings, you know, switching to a new medium, starting a new project, all the anxiety that goes into that and what we do. So I, I post five prompts throughout the night and we just answer the prompts. And usually we devolve into talking about what's better, cake or pie, that by the end of the hour, we end up on that conversation very regularly. I'm team pie, by the way. Always team but, pie, dude. Yes. See, you get it. I'm, and <laughs> that's not even like, first off, like McDonald's doesn't even sell cake. Exactly. <laughs> that should be the litmus for what is superior. Exactly. Between if cake McDonald's and McDonald's doesn't sell, like there's not a place where you can go. Like there's not a, like a drive through place where you can go and get cake. Is there? Not that I know of. Maybe in, maybe in New York. I've seen some weird shops walking around New York, but. I've seen some weird shops in Texas. Yeah, drive-through liquor stores. <laughs> like, like, like drive-through. What is that? Like, that's like two things that are just like, yeah, let's have a drive-through <laughs> liquor store. Nothing seems wrong about that, Texas. No, what could that possibly lead to? It's no problems at all. But yeah, um, kid lit art is just a bunch of professional and amateur. I mean, all are welcome. People who are just slightly interested are on the fringe. Sometimes it's teachers and librarians that are, you know. Get building rapport with us and we're us with them it's just a fun time to to meet a lot of talk to a lot of people i've met at cons and various places and we do it in twitter on twitter where uh it's basically a political hellscape all the time and we carve out a nice little peaceful kid lit art chat in the middle of it you get a couple nice hours of kid lit art and then back to the grind that's exactly right Oh, man. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom, on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcast. Um, all of our episodes are available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, you can uh, Amazon Music, which is new. Um, I didn't even know that they were doing podcasts there. I got a little thing from our, our hosting service. It was like, 
Amazon Music is doing podcasts. And I was like, cool. I didn't even know what Amazon Music was. But you I'll literally just informed me just now that that there is. <laughs> I've, I've asked Alexa if she can play it, but apparently we're not Alexa enabled yet, which oh, is sad. Um, but, you know, as a Star Trek kid, I've named both of mine computer as the wake up. So, cause oh, that's brilliant. That's nice. It's bad, though, because when you do watch Star Trek, it, <laughs> it sets it so off. Because, <laughs> like, we started watching, like, my friends, uh, he had never seen, like, the next generation before. So we ended up watching all of Next Generation, watch all of Deep Space Nine. So now we're watching Voyager going through all of the Star Treks, pretty much. And so whenever we watch it, I'm just like, mm, I'm waiting for them to say it. And someone will be like, computer, can you please? And it'll mute because like the uh, Alexa will turn on and it'll be like, sorry, what now? Can you want to what? And I'm like, no, stop listening. It's, uh, funny. it's a mess. Yeah, just go surfing afterwards and maybe you'll meet my old friends. <laughs> there we go. Now I definitely want to. I want to I go out. I just want to stand with a surfboard, just like in like a Star Trek uniform, just to see if any of them comes out. That'll draw them out. If anything will, that'll get them. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, check us out. Be sure and rate and review all that fun stuff. Um, that's how people find us. And we that's how we can continue to do fun episodes like this. Uh, but Ruben, man, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. It's good talking to you, man. Uh, you as well. All right. So for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. And I'm Ruben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Such a world.